You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Meat Friday, in case you're living vicariously through us. Today's menu, bangers and mash, Irish soda bread. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. Would you let the audience know what is bangers and mash, Paulie? Traditionally, it's Irish sausages, usually grilled, right. and it's a, um, like an onion gravy with mashed potatoes. That is traditional bangers and mash. Fantastic on a cold day at an Irish pub with a pint in front of you. All right. Well, it's not that cold here. It's actually sunny and uh, could be warm. Maybe we could turn up the air conditioning and give us a little bit more of that, uh, that Irish flavor there. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. In case you're wondering, Marvin, who loves his Yukon Huskies, they went, went down uh, in defeat last night. He is going to take the pie to the face, the first pie to, uh, of his career to the face. That'll be on... Uh, on Monday. Congratulations, buddy. Marvin didn't want to end his Friday with a pie to the face. Uh, so Monday, you start your Monday with a pie to the face. All right. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean in Sacramento, who I think made that bet with Marvin, joins us on the program. Uh, good morning, Sean. Oh, my uncle from another mother. My brother's behind the boys. How are we feeling today, Mr. <laughs> Marvin? We doing good over there, brother? Man, we blessed beyond belief. Besides UConn, <laughs> hey, I just I just wanted to call in. I had to shout out Marvin. I was being a little bit of an a hole yesterday. I was I was hitting him up on Twitter at halftime, halfway <laughs> through the second half. Uh, I, I was feeling myself just like Teddy was feeling himself last night. But the guy took it on the chin. He even gave me a little shout out on Twitter. So hey, I'm happy to be the first Danette caller to christen you as an official Danette into the first row. With a pie to the face. My question, though, for y'all, though, which Danette's going to do my man T Hand the, uh, the the favor of throwing the pie into his face? I think Paulie should. They work together in the front row. Sure. But uh, thank you, Sean. Sean had the bet with uh, with Marvin. Anybody who takes part in a uh, pie to the face contest gets a pie slam and jam t shirt. Uh, let's see. A couple of things. Um, got stat of the day coming up. We got to uh, make sure you take advantage of merch madness. A lot of great things. DanPatrick.com. More phone calls coming up. And we say good morning to Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Here's what's happened in the last 11 days. Then we'll check in with the, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson was a Seahawk. This, so 11 days ago, Russ was a Seahawk. Tom Brady was retired. Aaron Rodgers, we weren't sure what was happening. Carson Wentz was a Colt. Devontae Adams was a Packer. Calvin Ridley was still an active Falcons wide receiver. Khalil Mack was a Bear. Von Miller, a free agent. Mitchell Trubisky, the Bills' backup quarterback. Deshaun Watson was prepping for a grand jury. And Troy Aikman and Joe Buck worked at Fox. There's a whole lot that's happened since. That's the real March Madness, not basketball, even though we'll talk about that. Some of the surprises last night. Pete Doherty covers the Packers for the Green Bay Press-Gazette, USA Today Network in Wisconsin. If I told you two weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers, signed, sealed, delivered, making $50 million a year, or that Devontae Adams was going to be a Raider, you would have said what? I would have said, no way. Um, I, did, I always took it as, it always looked to me like it was going to be a package deal. And Rodgers wouldn't come back unless he had assurances that Adams was going to be back. You know, Rodgers made the point that he didn't want to be part of a rebuild. And Adams is, his, you know, obviously his go-to guy. And he wants to win the Super Bowl. And they're a better team with Adams than without him. So 
Um, the surprising thing here is that Rogers agreed to come back knowing that this was at least um, a possibility that, that the Packers would trade the guy, which reportedly he knew it was a possibility. See, that's what I found interesting. If I'm Aaron Rodgers and I know that Devontae Adams doesn't want to come back, then I would probably lean towards Rodgers wanting to leave if Adams or talk Adams out of wanting to leave and go play for, for the Raiders here. Like I'm, the, the, the Aaron Rodgers angle is really interesting to me, Pete, with the timing of it, and he's going to lose one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in football. Yeah, it surprises me too. And, you know, I mean, the money obviously mattered because he signed this deal that's paying him a legit, you know, 50 mil a year. Rodgers did that. But if they traded him to Denver, I'm sure Denver would have, or somebody else, they would have paid him the same thing. I think he saw the Packers as the best chance for him to get back to the Super Bowl. I mean, almost all the, you know, most of the good quarterbacks are in the AFC now. So the path to the Super Bowl is a little easier in the NFC. Packers have a lot of talent still. So, you know, they're a good team. Um, so, but Adams was, had to have been a big part of that cal- calculation, or at least I thought it was. And, you know, we haven't heard from him. And the Packers are the ones, as far as I can tell, who are leaking the information that Rodgers knew that this was a possibility. So maybe they're overstating the case and maybe he's not so happy. I will, you know, we'll find out in the coming weeks and months. They did get some assets in return, but you know, I don't know what you think, Dan, but I, you know, maybe two years from now, this helps them out a lot if they hit on these draft picks. But for 2022, you know, their Super Bowl chances probably take a dip here. I don't see how they don't without what a great player Adams is. And you mentioned, Pete, that you think the Packers leaked this information just to let their fan base know we did everything that we could possibly do. And it felt like they were saying that about Aaron Rodgers. Like, hey, we want him, uh, you know, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback. Uh, they didn't say anything negative, and they're, they're probably doing the same thing, kind of covering their tracks with Devontae Adams. Was he going to make as much, if not more, if he stayed in Green Bay? That's what the leak, again, I'm sure from the Packers said, is that he was going to make the same. Now, contract structure, you never know about that stuff. Guaranteed money, you never know for sure about that. But um, they're painting the picture that they – wanted to pay him the same amount of money. And I guess the other kind of surprising thing about this is I, you know, David Carr is a, a pretty good quarterback. If you're ranking all the quarterbacks in the league, he's probably right about in the middle. Right. Um, but, you know, Adams is moving on from, you know, I, I see why you'd want to play with him. College teammate. He probably really likes the guy, but he's leaving, you know, one of the best pure passers to ever, you know, play the game. And I'm sure Adams is thinking all of fame at this point of his career. Um, so I'm a little surprised that, you know, he'd be okay leaving uh, Rodgers for, you know, just about any other quarterback, too. If I said you could interview Aaron Rodgers today, Devontae Adams today, or Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the Packers today, you only got one. Just one of them. Are they on truth serum? <laughs> I, I can't. I, I, I can't have that part of the uh Okay. If they're not on true serum and it's on the record, then I'd want to talk to Adams. How much do you know about Adams? Did he ever bring up wanting to play for the Raiders before? You know, I saw a quote uh, yesterday that I'd forgotten about. He was asked about it really early in the season last year. And he said, you know, he he didn't dismiss the possibility. He said, hey, you never know what's going to happen. I love David Carr. It'd be great to play with him again. Mm. That's something to that effect. So, you know, he did telegraph that, 
this was at least a possibility in his mind. Yeah, I just, I, it, it feels like Aaron Rodgers is going to get blamed for this. Should he? <laughs> for Adams leaving? Yeah. Because <laughs> he gets blamed for everything else. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, yeah, well, that's obviously, that's why the Packers leaked what they did. <laughs> they, it wasn't our fault. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this is this still a threatening team? Like, a, if you're going to handicap the NFC right now, we don't know what they're going to do with that those draft picks. But Brady back, Rams got Allen Robinson. Um, I don't know if you the Cowboys seem like they might be stuck in neutral here. So, handicap the NFC. Where do the Packers fit in without Devontae Adams? Oh, they're still right up there, but they're you know their percent of chances of winning it you know go down a, a, at least a couple notches you know a couple percentage points. Um, the thing that you know jumps out to me because Adams you know he produces great, which is huge, but he also changes the way that teams defend the Packers. He commands double teams and all that coverage, so he makes other guys better too. Um, I'm sure they're going to have to sign a veteran or two, you know, but it's going to be mid to lower tier guys. They're going to draft at least two receivers. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be a shocker if there were two in the first three rounds even. What do they have, four or five picks there to work with in the first three rounds, five picks. Uh, but, you know, we know rookie receivers often have trouble uh, contributing. So, I mean, I still think they're right there. They've got Bakhtiari back and uh, Alexander back. Both of those guys basically missed all last season, and they still had, you know, the best record in the NFC. So, yeah, I, st- I think they're still really dangerous, good running game. They got Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, they're just a little less equipped now when they're playing their, their best teams, unless they just hit huge on a draft pick. Who's ready to play a lot of good football, you know, right out of the gate. Your job's too easy, Pete. (laughs) Imagine, imagine if you covered the Jaguars, I mean, well, last year would have been interesting, but you, you got a story. The stories write themselves for you. They do. I got, last time we were, I was on, we were talking about, you know, the, the circus was coming to downtown because Rod, uh, Rogers was demanding a trade. So look how much things <laughs> change in, in one year. And he's back, and now who knows, maybe next year he wants out again. Were you there for all of Farb's career? I was. <laughs> how does that compare? Drama, the drama meter. These Packers. You know, I didn't think it. I didn't think it could get higher than Favre, but it has managed to um, with all the COVID stuff last year with Rodgers and wanting the trade, and now all of this. It's um, it always ends up the same with these star quarterbacks, I guess. Pete, thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. We appreciate your time. Sounds good, Dan. Appreciate you having me. That's, thanks, uh, Pete Doherty. He's the Packer columnist for the Green Bay Press Gazette. You know, there's certain jobs where you go. Like if you're Tim Cowleshaw, Dallas Morning News, it's like uh, you wake up and you're like, uh, what do I want to write? You can't have writer's block. <laughs> if you're the Lakers beat writer, you, you, don't, you don't have writer's block. Or the Nets. You know, there's certain teams where you go, which, which story do I want to cover today? Not do we have one. All right, some phone calls here. Uh, Mike in Wisconsin. Hi, Mike. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, Dan. Uh, 6'3", 260, 10 and one quarter inch hand. Oh, okay. Uh, I got a comment and a question regarding Vontae Adams' situation. Uh, But first, I got to tell you, I've been a long-time listener since the Dibble days. Uh, Found your TV show when I was recovering from spinal fusion surgery. 
So <clears throat> had a couple of years of rehab and recovery watching the show. Uh, next week I go back in for my second fusion. So I'm looking forward to the next couple of years. So I hope you don't. Re- I hope you don't retire because I would be right back on the couch watching the show again every morning. All right, um, uh, I, I I will I will continue to do this job while you go through rehab. Yes, Paulie. Was it elective spinal fusion so you could spend more time watching our show? Because we'd respect the heck out of that. Or was it necessary? Uh. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Good luck. Spinal fusion. That's something I haven't had. Knock on wood. All my other surgeries that I've had. What, Todd? Well, I got these fiberglass pieces oh, in my right hand. Stop. And I know it's not exactly spinal fusion, but it still it hurts a lot when I put pressure on it. Hey, Dan, I uh, found your show, actually, when I was uh, recovering from my, these fiberglass splinters in my hand, actually, and I was out of work for three months, and that's how I found your show. I just want to say thanks. You got me through the fiberglass splinters. We do, we do love a captive audience, you know, that if you can't get out of the house, you're our target audience there. Yes, Paul. Lose a foot, find a show. Yeah. The Dan Patrick yeah. Show. That should be a shirt. That's us. Uh, Adam in Arizona. Hi, Adam. What's on your mind? Yikes. How do I follow that up? Uh, five, six, one forty. First time, long time. Um, no surgeries, just straight up unemployed at the moment. Um, uh, no, uh, sorry. Sorry, Marvin. Sorry, Marvin, about your Huskies. That blew my bracket too. I went 13 for 16 yesterday, but what I'm really calling is with all this movement in the AFC West, I don't think the Chiefs are going to take it. Oh, okay. Anyone want to take, does anyone want to take me up on that bet? Okay, you're saying that uh, the team that wins the AFC West will not be Kansas City. Correct. All right. Does anybody want a piece of Adam in Arizona that somebody else other than the Chiefs will win the AFC West? Right on the phone because he's a Kansas City apologist, but. Yeah, because Nick, Nick believes that uh, the Chiefs will win it. Uh, Fritzy, you're a Bronco fan. I know, but uh, just uh, Kansas City is still the best team in the okay, division. I, right. I can't just because Russell Wilson's there. I can't okay. think something crazy. Yeah, like I that. don't know if you're going to get any takers here uh, because I got to look at. Do you believe in the Chargers? You believe in the Raiders? I don't think the Broncos are going to be the best team. Though I, I, we don't have a taker for you, Adam. But uh, you know, we do appreciate you making that offer there. Thought Fritz, he might believe in his Broncos. But. I do, but to just look at all the teams except for the Chiefs, like, I got to get this guy, I got to grab that guy. And the Chiefs are like, we're fine, we're good, we're still the best team. I don't care who you guys pick up. But didn't you bet that the Broncos are going to make the playoffs? I did. That's a far cry from winning the West. They've, okay. lost, they've lost to the Chiefs, I think, like 11 times in a row. Like, are you owed a pie? Do you have a pie coming? I to- do. I've, I don't recall what it was. What it, was it might have been Broncos related from last year, but I am owed a pie. How about this? If you can remember losing that bet, you don't have to take a pie to the face. I'm or if you can't from. remember it, then it's two pies to the face. Do you want to take? I, I thought it was about the Broncos making the playoffs last year, but I but that I do we have that bet a lot of times. So okay. I'm yes. not completely sure. Yes, Eden. Oda Pie sounds like a former college basketball player from like Houston back in the seventies. <laughs> remember Oda Pie? Yeah, guy was awesome. There, there was a there was a player who played for Houston, and I think you can check this. His name was Anaset Lava Drama. <laughs> Doesn't that feel like Key and Peele? They would have they would have brought in Anaset Lava Drama, played for the Houston Cougars, I believe. Paulie, Anaset Lava Drama, nineteen ninety seven Hall of Fame, Houston Baptist, Shubat. Oh, okay. He was at Houston Baptist. Okay, I got the name. 
He's from a long line of lava dramas, Dan. Yes. He was an All-American for the uh, yeah for the Huskies, <laughs> three-time All-Conference. Yeah. And then there's the lava drama queen, you know, in the family. Never mind. Drama queen. Oh, yeah. drama queen. Yeah. Hello. Queen. Hello. Is this thing on? That's a great call. Anisette Lava Anisette Drama. Lava Drama. <laughs> 82, 83. He yeah. was a good player. Yeah. He, he made a good pie. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. Baker Mayfield. Should he stay? Should he go? How much say does he have in that? We'll have an update for you. And Deshaun Watson, down to two teams. When did he make his decision? We'll take a break. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. More phone calls coming up. By the way, of all of the celebrities in our Celebrity Bracket Challenge, we had one celebrity who picked St. Peter's over Kentucky. That person also has Ohio State versus Alabama for the national title game. Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's Rebecca Lowe, the great host for the Premier League on NBC and Peacock. She'll join us coming up next hour to give us that rationale that uh, she saw that nobody else did. St. Peter's, she has St. Peter's winning the next round, too. She's got St. Peter's in the Sweet 16. She's got Davidson taking down Tom Izzo and the Spartans coming up. Okay, thank you, Todd. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. More phone calls coming up. I've been keeping an eye out on the insiders doing all the heavy lifting here. I just like to sit back, and occasionally I'll be stealth and maybe get a story for you. And I'm always curious what Tom Pelissero, the NFL Network, is doing you can follow him, Tom Pelissero, on Twitter, at Tom Pelissero. Last two weeks. Now, that's been March Madness, Tom. With everything that's happened the last 11 days, I ran down the list of Russ was a Seahawk, Brady retired, Wentz a Colt, Adams a Packer, Ridley wasn't suspended, Mack was a Bear, Von Miller a free agent, Trubisky with the Bills, Deshaun Watson prepping for the grand jury, and Troy Aikman and Joe Buck worked for Fox. That's the last 11 days. I was on the phone around midnight last night with a GM and we were talking about this same thing. And I go, do you realize Russell Wilson got traded nine days ago? It's not even in the top 10 right now in terms of like the big stories, not by importance, but just by the number of things that are, you know, close to that big. It's been a a year unlike any other in the NFL. I think that we always Look at all these situations when you're kind of trying to game this out before you head into the offseason of, okay, this could happen, that would trigger this. Most of the time that stuff doesn't happen. This year it actually is happening, and I think that that's also a function of the direction that the NFL is going. When you come out of an offseason a year ago where you had a Matthew Stafford who said, I want to move on, the Lions said, okay, we'll accommodate you, have a blockbuster trade uh, going to the Rams. You had Aaron Rodgers who made his feelings known, and generated real change that led to different roster moves and then a new contract uh, in this offseason. Players are figuring out, the top players, not the, the rank and file, but the top players are figuring out, much like the NBA, they have a great deal of power over 
uh, where they end up. And right now you're seeing a variety of players exercising that in various forms. Devontae Adams, out of all of the things we've talked about, the biggest surprise is Devontae Adams leaving Green Bay. Why? I'm not going to say why didn't we see this happening, but it felt like everything was falling into place. Rodgers coming back, therefore he wants Devontae Adams. Next thing I know, Devontae Adams wants to tell me about growing up a Raider fan and wants to play with his former college teammate, and I guess they live next door to one another. How did we not see this coming? This really traces back to last summer when the Packers were trying to do a long-term extension with Devontae Adams. And one of the issues in the wide receiver market has been the fact that Julio Jones, on the extension that he signed in Atlanta, I want to say it was before the 2019 season, at $22 million per year, has been the highest paid receiver on a traditional extension for several years now. But you also have DeAndre Hopkins, who when he got traded from the Texans to the Cardinals, signed a two-year extension on top of the three years he had left on his old deal at $27.25 million per year. Now, every team and most agents will look at that and say, that's not a true 27.25 because the Cardinals didn't pay any of the money on the old contract. They basically did a new five-year deal that was in line with the Julio Jones deal. But Devontae Adams and his agents were pressing to go beyond DeAndre Hopkins. The Packers were willing to go beyond Julio Jones, make him the highest paid receiver by their metrics. That led to a huge gap in the negotiations. And so this was festering throughout the course of the season. Devontae Adams said many times, number one, he would not take a a cut. He would not take a hometown discount to stay in Green Bay. And number two, he didn't want to be franchise tagged. It would have been malpractice for the Packers not to tag him. But when they tried to jumpstart negotiations, and they were, as my colleague Ian Rappaport reported uh, late last night from Adams' agents, the Packers were ultimately willing to go above and beyond what the Raiders did in terms of money. At that point, though, Adams had already said, I'm not playing on the tag. I want to go to Las Vegas. It put the Packers in a position where it behooved the organization to explore the alternative. The other remarkable thing with this, Dan, was on Wednesday, my understanding from both sides was this trade was dead. The Raiders had backed away from it. They actually, I was told, had called other teams about potential other wide receiver deals. They weren't able to get something done. They came back to it on Thursday. They upped their offer to the one and the two this year, things accelerated quickly. They had that monster new contract that does go beyond DeAndre Hopkins in place. And now Devontae Adams is a very rich man, and Aaron Rodgers is a man wondering who he's going to be throwing to in 2022. Okay, if Aaron Rodgers had known this, would he have re-signed with Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers knew about the frustration for Devontae Adams, and the Packers had looped Aaron Rodgers in on the trade conversations, not putting him on the phone with the Raiders, of course, but I mean, they had talked with him. Coach Matt LaFleur had spoken with him. Rodgers, more than anyone, understands what it's like to be frustrated with the Packers and frustrated about why they wouldn't step up sooner with the contracts. That's literally what played out last offseason with him and triggered that entire chain of events. So really from this point forward, it's about what can they do? And I would tell you this, Dan, the Packers are going to be aggressive Um, They're going to be looking in the trade market. They're going to be looking in what remains of the free agent market. I anticipate that their wide receiver depth chart is going to look uh, vastly different in the days and weeks to come than it does right now. Well, I'm wondering about this. You got uh, Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, Odell Beckham might be out there. Am I missing anybody? Those are some of them. Odell, you remember, he tore his ACL, retore it in mid-February. So if you're talking a normal 
eight to nine months recovery, he's not playing before middle of next season. And so that's going to affect, obviously, with the money he okay. gets. It's going to affect the Rams, which is part of why they went out and got uh, Allen Robinson. Uh, Robert Woods right now is available. He's also coming off an ACL. So that's a guy that Matt LaFleur overlapped with, uh, with the Rams. He potentially could be uh, a trade target for Green Bay. The other guys, I mean, Julio is sitting out there. Juju is sitting out there. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's was with the Packers and is not yet signed. Uh, it's still on the free agent market. And then some of those, you know, those veterans like the Jarvis Landry's who have been released as well as Julio, uh, all those are potential options here. You know that Rodgers wants to have guys who have done it, not to say that he won't work with a rookie, but if you look at the history of rookie receivers with Aaron Rodgers, usually their production has an uptick two, three years in. Well, Rodgers isn't worried about 2024 at this point. It's about <laughs> how are we going to do this in 2022? So they'll go out. I would anticipate they'll acquire one, if not two, veterans, uh, and that may happen sooner than later. Tom Palacero, NFL Network reporter. Where do we stand with Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson eliminated the Browns on Thursday morning and caused an entire storm uh, with that announcement that we can discuss as well. Uh, last night, he eliminated the Carolina Panthers. And so at this point, uh, Watson's choices are down to the Falcons and the Saints. The Saints were really the front runner from go. They have the most you know, win-ready team outside of arguably Cleveland, of course. But Watson didn't want to go to a, a cold-weather place in the northern United States. Um you know, but you've got a, a Saints team that's got Alvin Kamara. They've got Michael Thomas. It sounds like Watson's been uh, in communication with both those guys on practically a daily basis. Uh, they've got talent on that roster. And then you got the Falcons, who are kind of still in this transition phase. I mean, Dan, I, I'm standing here talking to you right now, and I'm not sure I can name three receivers on the Falcons' current roster. Uh, they got Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I, I do know that. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, I believe, was back on an RFA tender. Uh, yep, I'm sure somebody else out there is thinking, why don't you think of this guy? I can't even name him off the top of my head. So the thing is, when you have this type of a trade, and we're talking about unprecedented compensation in terms of three first-round picks, additional picks, and likely a player involved as well, you run into this issue of, okay, we're getting the quarterback, but now we have vastly fewer resources to go out and put pieces around him. So if you're joining a team like the Falcons that's in this transition phase, even though they do have really good players like A.J. Terrell on defense, uh, Kyle Pitts on offense, you have to wonder about that. And so that's definitely part of Watson's decision-making right now uh, because he's got personal ties to Atlanta. He knows Arthur Blank, former Falcons ball boy. Uh, he'd love just from on a personal level to go back there, but you have to weigh that out. I mean, John Watson has lived the life of a guy who threw for, what was it, 4,500 yards and went 4-12 and 12 on a terrible team. He doesn't want to be a part of that again. So it, that's part of what he's evaluating here. We thought the decision was going to come yesterday. That was the plan. Uh, by late last night, it became apparent that wasn't going to happen because most of the owners he'd be calling were in bed. So the hope is that he's going to make a decision today because there's so much business around the NFL that is held up right now between Matt Ryan's future, Baker Mayfield's future. Uh, there are free agent quarterbacks like Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota who are waiting to see how this plays out as well. There are other free agents at different positions wondering where this is going to go. I mean, there's a lot of dominoes that this Watson decision is going to knock over. Yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Uh, Baker Mayfield, how much leverage does he have to truly get out of Cleveland? Leverage is a, is a fair question, Dan, because he's under contract for, I believe it's about $18.8 million on the fifth-year option this year. Uh, like any quarterback, if you decide to carry it out into the offseason, you're talking about not having the starting quarterback there through 
OTAs, which are all voluntary, not there in the off-season program. If you skip minicamp, it's a relatively moderate fine of a little over $100,000 if you miss all three days. Now you're in a training camp and you have that cloud that hovers over the organization. Do the Browns want to be a part of that or do they want to move on? You know, what I was told yesterday was when Deshaun Watson informed the Browns that they were out on him, the Browns were reaching out to Baker Mayfield and they had talked with him. They had let his representation know at the combine that they were going to be examining options. But for Baker Mayfield and knowing his makeup, this is just not a situation he wanted to be a part of. So what I was told was they reached out to him and said, hey, we'll come down to Austin. We'll meet with you. We'll talk it out. We want to find the path forward. You're our guy. And Baker Mayfield's response was, no, just don't worry about it. He feels like this bridge has been burned. The time to move on is right now. The Browns told his agent they're not going to accommodate the trade request, but it increasingly appears that these two sides are headed for a divorce. And again, the Deshaun Watson decision and all the other things that will happen after that will dictate what the potential spots are. Yeah, but what Baker kind Mayfield of trade market is too. there for Baker Mayfield? Like he, he's coming off an injury, play, you know, injury season, uh, injured season, and didn't play well. Uh, so I see this is where I, I was surprised that they put out that letter saying goodbye to Cleveland. Because if you're Baker Mayfield, knowing his makeup of being a competitor, it's like, hey, you want to flirt with him? I'm still the quarterback here. I would, I would play this out in Cleveland, and if I played well, now I have leverage. Now uh, you want to trade me, I can go to someplace else, and more people would be interested. Or the Browns would have to step up and, and extend him. But I, I don't know if – like, I don't want to give up much for Baker Mayfield right now. There's not a lot of precedent. It's happened in the league, but there's not a ton of precedent for a number one overall pick, but really any first-round quarterback to play out the fifth-year option. So already Baker Mayfield was in this weird lame-duck territory where, yes, the message would be, hey, come in, ball out for $18.8 million. If you do that, you're going to be getting paid $40 million plus in a long-term extension. If you don't, then obviously – you know, all parties are going to move on. So you can get on board with that at some level. But then when you have this very public flirtation with Deshaun Watson, it does <laughs> change just the dynamics a little bit. I mean, Baker is a big personality, right? He's going to lead a certain way in the locker room. And, you know, perhaps on some level, when it feels like that's being undercut, his ability to lead that way, um, that has an effect on the situation. He's just the feeling is, from what I was told, he feels like, that bridge has been burned. He wants to move on. Mm. You know, what the trade market would be, again, $18.8 million is not an astronomical number for another team to take on. And Baker, you know, 14 months ago, he was leading the Browns to their first playoff win in like 26 years. They went 11-5. and five. I think they scored 40 points in that game. It's not like he's been a bottom-five quarterback within the NFL. At his best, uh, he's been certainly a, a sufficient starter for a team. And so there's a handful of teams that have unsettled quarterback situations right now. You've got teams like the Seahawks, where, remember, GM John Schneider's close with John Dorsey, who drafted him number one overall. Scott McLuhan is close with Schneider, was advising Dorsey at the time. You can envision a scenario where, hey, bring in Baker, have him compete with Drew Locke. There's all kinds of different things, Dan, that could end up happening here. Uh, but you're running out of chairs. I mean, this really is a game of musical chairs. There's only so many places that guys can go, which is why, you know, Pitt, Mitch Trubisky jumps quickly on the Steelers' offer for the chance to compete. Um, there's not a lot of places that Baker or any quarterback at this point is going to be the walk-in-the-door starter outside of Indianapolis, which I imagine is going to know pretty quickly after the Watson decision what direction they're going to go as well. Yeah, but if Chris Mortensen's source is correct that the Browns wanted an adult at quarterback and, and they were reaching out to Deshaun Watson, like how clueless can you be that you want an adult and your adult is Deshaun Watson? 
I can't speak to Mort's reporting on that <laughs> particular subject. I certainly understand why there would be certain frustrations uh, from the Browns organization about what happened in 2021. I mean, you finally get a playoff win. You seem to have momentum. You got a really good young roster and you just struggle throughout the course of the season. But part of it was, you mentioned it, Dan, he played hurt. And this is one of the things that I think, and this is not a defense of Baker Mayfield. It's more of a, a broader point. It, everybody always wants to say, you know, the guys that play hurt, oh, they're so tough and it's so respectable. And boy, he's doing it for his team. No, it was a the mistake. Is, it was a mistake. When you play, when you play badly and you're hurt, yeah. nobody's just like, <laughs> well, he's playing badly because he's hurt. But man, good effort. No, <laughs> Baker sucks now. It's like I was at the game. Uh, I think it was against Arizona where he popped the shoulder out for the second time. I mean, I thought the guy had like broken his arm. I mean, it was he went down. He's writhing on the ground in pain. I mean, he was playing through a lot. He was playing in the harness. The shoulder was popping in and out. He had like a calf or some other issue that actually was the worst injury throughout the course of the season. That's the one that wasn't getting better. I mean, he played through a lot. Again, I'm not defending Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying anytime you got a guy who's playing through a bunch of different injuries, you have to, just like Jimmy Garoppolo last year, where he hurts the finger and then he throws a terrible interception in Tennessee. It's like, yeah, quarterbacks are hurt. You're not going to play as well. It's, you know, you always have to take that into the evaluation. It's really about do you feel like a Baker Mayfield can be the right leader for your team? Do you feel like you can capture what he was in 2020? Everybody was praising Kevin Stefanski. He was the coach of the year that year, in part for getting Mayfield playing at that high of a level. Uh, it, we've seen that it's in there for Mayfield. He's just got to do it consistently. Thank you, Tom. Uh, we appreciate your time. Great job this week. You got it, Dan. Thank you. That's Tom Pelissero, NFL Network reporter. Who knows what the headline's going to be on Monday in the NFL, the way things are going. It'll probably be Deshaun Watson related. We'll take a break. Phone calls coming up. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I like what the Rams did, quietly getting Allen Robinson. We go back to Jacksonville with Allen Robinson. Then he went to the Bears, you know, and that's where you go to die. Receivers go to die in Chicago. And then Rams got him. You know, we don't know the time frame for Odell Beckham, and looks like they'll move on from Robert Woods. But um, that was one of those quiet, well, obviously anything was going to be overshadowed by Devontae Adams. But uh, Allen Robinson signing with the Rams, three-year deal. I like it. Yeah, Paulie. I think in a morning meeting, Singo uh, says, Alan Robinson been injured for a few years? No, he's been a bear. <laughs> His feelings have been hurt. He, yeah. You know, he had 98 catches, 102 catches, but in Chicago, that it didn't feel like it, it mattered. It didn't. It didn't. No, it didn't. Well, look at his numbers. Uh, we'll get some phone calls in here. So Iowa and Kentucky bow out early. North Carolina rolls. North Carolina, was, it just felt like that the headline with Coach K's final game was, Duke loses, not how they lost. They they gave up almost 100 points to North Carolina. Gonzaga, a little bit shaky in the first half, but then they uh, pull away to win by, by 21. All right, uh, poll update there, Seton O'Connor. Team you most love to watch lose, team or person. I don't remember exactly how we landed on the wording of this. Yeah. Um, but right now, it's essentially a five-way tie between <laughs> Alabama, the Lakers, Duke, Kentucky, and Tom Brady. The Yankees just slightly off the mark there. <laughs> Here is John Calipari after Kentucky was upset. This is one of the biggest upsets in the last 30 years, maybe 40 years, because I think St. Peter's was an 18-and-a-half-point underdog against Kentucky. But here's Coach Cal after the loss. 
I feel bad for the guys because, I mean, they're taking it hard. They know you guys asked Kellen a question that's tough for these kids. They know they, what they did and how they did it. And, but I also say, I'm going to say this again, an eight-point lead with three minutes to go. Let's go. Let's win this thing. And a couple errors to make the game close. You know, you, you, they went zone, couldn't get them to throw the ball to the middle. Yeah, you got to win. You're supposed to win. You should win. But talent versus experience or being out coached in a situation like this. That's why when, when Coach Cal comes on and he talks about all the players in the pros, that's great. But if I'm Kentucky, I'm not bringing you in to get guys to the NBA and say, look how great they are in the NBA. I want you to make Kentucky great. And they have been consistently great. But you got to win championships. With all of that talent, it stands out even more when you don't win. you got one title to show for it. How many of his players have won NBA titles? Because Anthony Davis won a national title, the only one with Coach Cal, and he won an NBA title with the Lakers. How many of his players have won titles in the NBA? Because he's got probably 30 players in the NBA? Or at least have gone into the NBA? Yeah, Paulie. Did he coach Rondo? Yes. Okay, that would be one, right? Yes. And that's a while back. Okay. Rondo got Okay, his. so Rondo, Anthony Davis. I don't know if anybody else has. I, I don't think so. I think the ones are before his time. Harry in New York. Hey, Harry, thanks for holding. What's on your mind today? How you doing, Dan? Great, sir. In my opinion... The two greatest college basketball teams to never win a national championship mm. is the Fed Five and Fly Slam and Jamma. So here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. In, in the seven-game series between the Fed Five and Fly Slam and Jamma, who would win? And, Dan, I know you're a Michigan guy, so don't pick from your heart. Wait, how am I a Michigan guy? <laughs> Come on, you were born in Michigan, aren't you? Did no. you go to school? <laughs> no, I went to. I'm from Ohio, Harry. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Come on, Harry. Damn, the whiff. You're better than that, Harry. Come on, Harry. You're a Michigan guy, Dan. You know it. I think I'm not a Michigan guy. <laughs> um, I I would probably take Fi Slamajama because I love Akeem Olajuwon. You had Clyde the Glide Drexler. Um, who's the second-round pick for the Celtics that year? Uh, forward. Rodney Young? No. No, it was oh. Young. His last name was Young. Young, not Larry. Michael Young. Michael Young. There was uh, Larry Meshaw. Yeah. I think it was an enforcer on that team. Uh, Reed Geddes. Uh, did they have um, Alvin? Was it Alvin Franklin? I think he was a young guard. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, you got you got Clyde and you got Akeem. Those are two of the 50 greatest players of all time. You got, you know, Michigan might be a better team. Then it comes down to coaching. And Guy Lewis got out coached by Jim Valvano back then when they lost to uh, NC State. You know, it's tough to go against Elijah Wan and, and Clyde the Glide. Although we didn't know how great Akeem was going to be. I, I think we, everybody thought Clyde the Glide was you know, going to be the, the best player out of that group. Uh, Weber's obviously great. Jalen, you know, Juwan, backcourt was pretty good. 
Um, yeah, that's a nice, nice little. I, I'm going to go Fab. No, I can't. I can't go against the King. I'm going to go. I'll go Fly Slamma Jamma. Hakeem, but he was also Akeem in college. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Diddy in Minneapolis. Hi, Diddy. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Hey, uh, I had a poll question for you today. Um, I've got who wins the Super Bowl first? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Brian Gutekunst, or Jordan Love? Uh, both, neither, neither. <laughs> um, those options. I'm going to go neither. I'll go neither in, in that. Uh, Josh in West Virginia. Hi, Josh. Hey, hey, Dan. Hi, bud. Six foot three, two sixty. Right. With a body that makes the girls not go out, Dan. All not. Right. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what about Kentucky, man? This is my first time uh, participating in your bracket challenge, and I had Kentucky playing against North Carolina. I went with my head. I said, "Man, don't pick from the heart. Just go with the head." And here it is: Kentucky <laughs> lost. <laughs> North Carolina to me is a dangerous team. Yeah, I know they needed that win against Duke, or at least it felt like that. But, and there are there are a few people who had Kentucky going a long way in our bracket challenge. Only one person that we know of picks St. Peter's in our bracket challenge. Uh, at least the celebrities. That's Rebecca Lowe, who hosts the uh, Premier League, the Premiership. Yes, yeah, he. After the first round of games yesterday, there was something like three percent of uh, like brackets still alive. Like it, it cleared oh, out wow. like everybody. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So much for that million dollar prize <laughs> for a perfect bracket. We couldn't even get a perfect day for most people. Final hour coming up. More phone calls. Dan Patrick Show.